Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Aaron. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us every Monday morning from 5.30 to 6 a.m. on bff.fm. And guess what? You can see us live at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco on Sunday, September 8th. We are helping to promote a show called Real Funny Comedians, who happen to be women. Uh, on that show is Irene Tu, Natasha Muse, Sandy Steck, and it's hosted by Chelsea Bierce. So please grab your tickets at CobbsComedy.com. Again, that's Sunday, September 8th. Real Funny Comedians, who happen to be women, Irene Tu, Natasha Muse, Sandy Steck, and hosted by Chelsea Bierce. So we're jumping back to an uh, interview that we had back at Sundance, and uh, it was with director Liza Mandeloup, and the subject was her documentary Jawline, which you're going to hear in just a minute. And we thought this was timely with our rewinds, because this documentary is releasing today, August 23rd, on Hulu, as well as in select theaters. So um, we thought you might enjoy our conversation with Liza and uh, the conversation around this really interesting um, and compelling documentary that we got to see when we were back at Sundance. So take a listen and uh, I'll see you on the other side. You're listening to the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk Podcast. My name is John Wildman here with the Bitch Talk co-hosts Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. This segment we're going to talk about the film Jawline. We have the director Liza Mandeloup with us. Liza, welcome to the show. Thank you. We start this off by letting our, our director uh, inform our viewers what her film is about. Um, so the film is about um, this boy from rural Tennessee who drops out of high school to broadcast his life on uh, social media. And uh, he becomes this positive role model to a lot of bullied teenage girls who feel abandoned by the men in their life. And um, they fall in love with him. And uh, he gets thrown into this live broadcast ecosystem and sort of struggles to exist in it. You, you know, some, sometimes <laughs> I will watch a, a, a film or something like this, and I will feel so entirely old. And, and, <laughs> Me and, too, John. And, and, Me and, too. And, 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 and this film, as I go in, I had no idea this existed. I had no idea any of this what was going on. But uh, it's like any subculture. Well, yeah, but, you know, it, it, but then as, as I watched it, it reminded me, of, you know, of the days of Tiger Beat and Bop and the Big Bopper and, and mm-hmm. all those th- those things. And, 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 and I was, like, fascinated as the film uh, continued, like, going, well, now it's like we've reached the point where we don't even ha- they don't even have to be singers. They don't even have to be on a TV show. They just have to be. Right. It's mm. like, live with me, you know, live mm-hmm. my life with me, and that's sort of what they're offering. It's not, it's not a talent. It's sort of like experience me. And, um, and that's, the, that's the exchange that's happening, which is why I made the film, because I thought that was so bizarre. Right, right. right. And, 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 I, and, I, and I was also cursing the Kardashians as I was watching. Was going, <laughs> me too. This is a direct line from that whole thing. And Paris Hilton. To this. And Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, exactly. Um, but let's talk about the filmmaking. Uh, how did you, how did you come upon this topic, mm-hmm. and then how did you decide to make a film about it? Um, yeah, so I knew I wanted to make a film about teenagers at, around love and like what feeling like you're in love is like for a teenager today, and uh, obviously against the landscape of you know the technology as an extension of yourself. Um, so I started doing some research, and I found these things called meet and greets, where girls mm-hmm. were paying a lot of money 
to meet and like literally just meet, just hug and and look at their um, their online crush. And when we went to a couple meet and greets, they were insane, like completely <laughs> insane. And there's they're in the film some mm-hmm, of the meet yeah. and greets, mm-hmm. but the first time I went to one, I I was like, I have to unpack what's happening here. Like, how are these girls freaking out about these mm-hmm. guys? These guys seem like just your regular average teenage boy from you know middle America right. or wherever they're from. Um, and I didn't really understand like what the origin was, and so I started looking around. And the first thing I did was I made a short with the fangirls, mm-hmm. and um, we followed these three fangirls who are all um, who are all in love with the same boy, and they go to meet him. And um, and then I through spending so much time with fangirls, I kind of became obsessed myself with getting access to the boys. <laughs> oh, I was like, I want to know what these. You know, I became like this. You start weird, chatting with them, yeah. And- where I started following all them and like watching them and being like, what? What's the? What? You know, why these? And then through the process of casting, I felt like I was like a fangirl, being like, oh, he's. You know, I hope he DMs me back. Like, well, and, and that's the thing to me that's so crazy about this whole phenomenon is you say love, right? I'm, I'm putting it in quotation because obviously as a young kid I had crushes I had mm-hmm. posters up on my wall but it wasn't to the level where I was chatting with them and so now these girls are going to grow up with this concept of oh I need a perfect guy like so and so but they're not really in a real relationship with them so they're going to have this false idea of what the perfect man is exactly. that's not real or even worse they the more that they become obsessed with um, the boys that are not in their life, the more they disassociate mm-hmm. with their actual right. life. Right, it's an escape. Yeah. So yeah. It, they're all, everybody in the film is some sort of escapist. Like the boy mm-hmm. that we follow, Austin, he's mm-hmm. trying to escape his hometown. Right. Mm-hmm. The girls are trying to escape family troubles, troubles with, um, at school with being bullied. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of the whole thing that um, I think everybody experiences is the more screen time, the more anxiety you get. And um, mm-hmm. I think that this is a world where like screen time takes over. And I think that in the film, there's like a lot of these teens are really anxious and our main character suffers from, you know, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the sort of the thing that I, I hope people kind of can um, understand. That's like what is something that's happening mm-hmm. that maybe they if you're someone who has no idea about this world, it's kind of like um, the secret lives of teenagers. They're always mm-hmm. a little bit mysterious when you're not one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, the goal was to sort of be like, well, this is what's happening right now. Melissa well, also talk mm-hmm. about um, a, a, another uh, character. I want to say oh, a character boy. guy that, that you focus say. on, and and that's our, our young manager. Oh, oh um, boy! Um, and uh, <laughs> it was, was it was it Lou Perlman? Is that the name of the guy who's the manager of the Backstreet Boys? Yes. Orlando, <laughs> yeah. Right. So so th- th- so this is very good, Lou, John. Lou, Lou Perlman two <laughs> um, and. He was cracking me up. I mean, he, he is. is a character He's to the nth we'll degree. <laughs> I wasn't laughing. I, <laughs> I, I, I was. I found him hilarious. I think he has some great insight. Talk, I mean, t- talk about yeah. finding him and following him. Yeah. I mean, well, Michael's someone who's always seeking his own business opportunities. Right. So we actually were following, um, we went to this thing called uh, VidCon, and uh, we were following people, and, you know, he could tell we weren't, like, teenagers and a more, like, and a, a more realistic film crew. And um, he was like, what are you guys doing? And I, I was like... I, I explained to him what we were doing, and it was sort of like I felt like he was pitching himself to oh. me. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> this is amazing. And then as we got to talking, um, we always wanted a manager character in the film. It was kind of like I always saw the film as a triangle, where it was like the 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 
the boy that's trying to get famous, the girls, the chorus of girls, and the manager. And that's the ecos- that's the ecosystem, if you put it all together. They all feed each other. Um, so we were kind of looking for a manager character at the time, and he just embodied uh, the modern teen. He is a self-starter. He is like, I have everything I need. I'm going to, you know, become my own business. Um, and I just thought he was really forward-thinking and... Um, he is very entertaining as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and what did you think about influencers going into this project and now coming out of it? I think that um, I didn't... I think that people... Um, I didn't realize that there's actually such a... Like a, a, a whole world of people behind one influencer. Mm-hmm. That there's a whole plan, a, like a market for it, and um, it's uh, very calculated. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when social media first came around, we... It, it was very a very organic thing, like, you know, sharing pictures of myself and meeting people, maybe. And I think that now it's become this business strategy, and there's, like, so much of it is a market now. And um, I think I learned that, you know, behind every sort of influencer is... Um, is a, is a business strategy of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's also links back to, I mean, this film is very specifically in the live broadcast world. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's, it's its own. And when I say subculture, I, it's very mainstream what we filmed, but it is like this subculture within mainstream culture, if that makes any sense, because mm-hmm. it's very specific to getting famous off of live broadcasting apps where the emotions are different because you're spending so much time with this person and you expect them to be there all day mm-hmm. and you're living with them. And the, the, they actually, the slogans behind live broadcasting is like, live with me. And so I think that the emotions that come from that are just very different. And you rely on this person. You depend on this person. You think that person is going to be there. And you hear the girls say that. Mm-hmm. And you also hear the boys say, when I'm not there, I lose followers. Right. right. Yeah. And so it's a very different thing than, like, if you were to just, you know, make videos or, or you know, have, like, um, sort of, like, some, like, model-like page on Instagram. Or it's just it's, it's the emotions behind it are very different. All right, I also wanted to talk about really quickly about Austin himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not thinking highly of Austin um, as I'm watching it. Um, when, when he goes through his, his what, what is now like a very scripted, like, wrap-up to his broadcast mm-hmm. of, like, you know, yeah. don't, don't, t- don't let people stop you from your dreams and, and whatever. And they, they, <laughs> reach for the yeah, stars. Yeah, yeah, reach for yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that. Storms that, don't last forever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so, you know, and, and so... Frankly, it's like I'm, it's like driving me up the wall. That 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 kid. Um, you didn't like him, uh, you know. But but then, just as you just as you said, you know, when the girls are talking and and they're talking about the fact that you know, you know, th- these are not the cheerleaders. These are not the beauty queens. Mm-hmm. These are not the, mm-hmm. the you know the the most popular. Um, and I'm going, uh, you know, he he wouldn't be my 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 guy, you know, delivering the message. But if if there's you know, if, if they're getting something out of this, then maybe I can forgive Austin. Talk about your, as you, because you live with it, you know, watching yeah. this guy. I mean, I think that um, it's just like what these girls want is they're in high, they're in high school and some middle school, like early high school or middle school. And they just want the boys in their school to give them that sort of nice interaction, complimentary. They want to be told they're beautiful. They want to be asked, what are you doing later? How is your day? Like something as so simple as how is your day is something when you're like a lonely teenage girl that you just like long for someone to ask you. And um, I think that he embodies that like 
just your, you know, your regular teenage boy that could be at their high school. And um, I think that he uh, is doing something that, um, that they really crave. And I think that when he gets thrown into the business side of it, mm-hmm. I don't think he understands like the exploitation part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that he actually was like also lonely. And he mm-hmm. also oh, yeah. wanted to um, be like, you know, have more friends out of his town and mm-hmm. stuff. So I really felt like his intentions were really genuine. And um, I think that, you know, the, the whole world is um, a little bit like um, hard to digest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that he was definitely like um, a really genuine person within that world. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to you don't have to like. <laughs> you have to get it. Well, I, I, I have to tell you this, the segment where he's he's reading the contract. And and, oh, and, and, yeah. and reading some of the words, uh, that that was that was just like a golden moment. I I, I think uh, for for the for the film where you go, uh huh, yes, exactly. There's <laughs> rever- yeah, it's 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 the real world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think that um that's actually the kind of the hardest part is that these are teens yeah. that are they the one guy even says in the film, this is your job. Mm-hmm. You have to go to work every day. Yeah. And it's like most teens and also like young teens don't so they're opting out of school to do this and then being thrown into with all these managers who are just businessmen or, mm-hmm. or and so it's definitely like there's a lot of room for error well again the the title of the film is jawline we've been talking with liza mandaloop uh the director of the film and it is it is an absolutely fascinating look into a world <laughs> that you're likely have never experienced thank you for being here thank you for having me this is great That was our interview with director Liza Mandeloup about her documentary called Jawline, which is uh, streaming today on Hulu and also opening in select theaters around the country. So check that out if you can. Uh, Just a quick reminder that you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us at bff.fm every Monday from 530 to 6 a.m., And again, the reminder that you can see us Sunday, September 8th at Cobb's Comedy Club hosting the Real Funny Comedians Who Happen to Be Women show with Natasha Muse, Irene Too, Sandy Steck, and it's hosted by Chelsea Bierce. And you can grab those tickets at CobbsComedyClub.com. We will see you later. Bitch, please.